Property Talk on the Tyne. Investment tips, stories and exciting guests with your host, Tony Fares. Hello, thank you for joining me once again on Property Talk on the Tyne. So today I'm going to be talking about estate agent valuations. Many of you will have had estate agents throughout the value of your home. Many of you will have used online valuation tools, which give you an estimate of price. But I'm going to get down to the nitty gritty about exactly what happens on an estate agent valuation. There's going to be some tips here for you as investors, but there's also going to be tips for you as to how to maximize the marketing of your own property if you're deciding to put your property on the market with an estate agent. So I suppose the first port of call if I was going to be selling a house, um, you know, you can go on our website, fares-estates.co.uk. You click on the valuation button on the homepage, and it's going to take you to an online valuation tool. Now, this online valuation tool is a great place to start, and it saves you wasting any estate agent's time. Because I know for a fact, plenty of you buyers and investors out there, you waste a lot of our time, but it's all good. I'm sure we waste plenty of yours ringing about properties you don't want. So I think the online tool is a great place to start. The reason I think that is the online tool that's linked to our website pulls all of the information from the land registry for sold properties. And it gives you a a calculation of what your property's worth based on the information that you input. Now, some of these valuations can be bang on the money and absolutely perfect. Some of them can be absolutely miles off. And that's the reason why I always suggest you can use the online valuation tool as a guide, but never rely on it 100%, because again, they can be so wrong. So first port of call is get yourself an online valuation. Have a look at it. I'm sure the likes of the portals, I know Zoopla do one. Uh, I think Mouse Price might do one. And I'm sure if you go on any local agent's website, most of them have a valuation tool plugged into their website now. It's just an app that us agents use. So that would be my first port of call. So that would give me a range of what I think my property's worth between two prices. Let's say for arguments here, a guide of between 80 to 100,000. So I would know where my estate agent valuation should be coming in roughly. So next step would be to book online, sorry, book valuations with agents. Now, again, you might say, so where do I start there? Which agent do I ring? There's so many of them. We're absolutely everywhere. Now, what I would suggest is for your personal area, where you live, where your investment property is, or where your property is you want to sell, I would have a little drive around. And I would see who has the best board presence or who seems to be doing a lot in your particular area. Because if you go onto the likes of the valuation tool um, on Rightmove or Zoopla, which is where you put in find an agent to value my house, they are paid, they're they're paid paid marketing tactics that the portals use to get more money from estate agents. So if you go on Rightmove and you click find a valuation for my property, if you do it in the NE5 postcode, which is where my office is, you'll get an agent who's about three miles away coming up as the top result. Now, absolutely madness, if you ask me, because they're in a complete different part of the town. And I can probably guarantee you that they don't know this area as well as me or be competitors along the road. So again, don't just push the button on the portals. Do your own research. And that research is get out on your feet, do your walk, have a bit of a browse as to what's been going on in your local area, 
and see which agents have a good board presence. And within that, you're looking for the agent that has the most sold boards because they're probably very active. They've got some real good recent comparable sales, and that's going to give you a much better idea as to what your property's worth. So you've done your online valuation. You've got a good idea where the price sits. Second thing, you've had a walk around the area. Now what you want to do is you want to probably pick three agents who you can invite out. Now, there's a purpose behind this. The first thing is we're going to get an idea of what each of those agents' valuation prices. Secondly, we're also going to use that to probably get one agent to compete against another and get you the best possible value when it comes to fees. Um and you never know, one of them might have a buyer registered for your particular house. I know we've done that before. So, again, you're going to start with only valuation tool. Then you're going to have a walk around the area. Third thing is you're going to pick three local agents who seem to be very proactive in your area. And we're going to focus on agents that have a lot of sold boards. So then you're going to ring the agent up. So from an agent site, so that's what you need to do as a vendor. So from an agent site, this is how it's going to work. You're going to give her a ring. One of our girls or guys are going to pick the phone up and we're going to fill in a valuation form. Now, what we're going to ask you is a lot of questions about your particular property and your circumstances. So we're going to want to know the property address, the number of bedrooms, the type of property. Is it a semi-detached? Is it a detached? Um, does it have any additional land? Has there been any extensions? We want to know absolutely everything because we need to kind of ascertain whether your property is different to the comparable sales in the area so that we can factor that in when we give you a price. So we're also doing that as because we want to understand your financial position. So we are going to ask you what your outstanding mortgage is. We're going to ask you where your intention is to buy, what you're looking for, where you want to be. Because if we know absolutely everything about your life and your situation and the scenario you find yourself in, then we can give better advice. Um, so we're going to fill in this valuation tool. That's going to help the value when they come out to give you the best advice. Then you're going to, from an agency side, the valuation may be booked in by, say, a day or two's time. So we're going to do a bit of research between you booking that call and us actually coming out and looking at the house. So one of the things I used to do when I was valuing properties, and I think I've probably carried about 12,000 valuations over my life. So I've done quite a few of these, it's safe to say. First port of call for me is to check the property out on Street View because the amount of times I've had clients ring up and tell us they've got a semi-detached when they've actually got a detached or they've got a semi and it's a terrace or it's a they say it's a flat and it looks like it's a masonette, then, you know, that's all going to skew our figures when we come to value it if we've got the wrong property type because, as you know, a detached is more desirable than a semi is, for example. So we're going to look at the property on Street View and we're going to try to have a look and see what the property looks like. And that's just going to confirm the information that you give us on the valuation form. Following that, we're going to start looking at comparables. So for me, I use Rightmove Plus, which is the agent side of Rightmove. And that's because there's more agents on Rightmove than there is on Zoopla in my area. Now, that might not be the case in your own area, but that's where I would look. Because one, it's going to tell me the properties that have sold and their actual selling prices. But it's also going to tell us the properties that have been on the market for sale. Uh, and I'm going to get an idea of which ones did and didn't sell. And the ones that sold, how quick did they sell? And the ones that didn't sell, well, how long were they on the market for? 
were they on the market with more than one agent? Did they have it on with one agent, take it off, put it with another? And it still didn't work. So I'm going to look at things like that. Then one of the things I'll do is I'll go through our list of buyers and I'll see who we have registered for that particular property. And I'll probably speak to the girls in the office, the negotiators, and say, you know, Mrs. X is looking for a three-bed semi in Fenham. Uh, I noticed she viewed a three-bed semi in Denton Burn. What's her budget? What's she looking for? What's her situation? Because our job as estate agents, while we are employed to get the best price possible for a vendor, our job's to be a middleman between a vendor and a buyer. And what we're looking for is a common ground where a vendor gets what they want that allows them to move on and buy whichever property they want to buy. But the buyer also wants to feel like they're getting value for money when they buy their dream home because nobody wants to be ripped off. So we've done my research. We've confirmed all of the information, the valuation form. Again, I've probably looked at our valuation tool to see what numbers that spat out when you put your details in. Um, kind of look at what's, what sold comparable properties the were came up also. So we've got a bit of an idea as to what we're going out to. We're likely expectations on price. We'll probably take some details out for similar properties that the buyers are looking for. Sorry, the vendors of that property are looking for when they become buyers. So we're going to go out there. We're going to be nice and prepared. We're going to be armed to answer any question that you as a vendor has. So first thing we're going to do is we're going to visit the property. So I'm going to sit down in the valuation, introduce myself, let the people know who I am, which agency I'm from. But I'm also going to use that particular point to find out what the vendor's motivation is. And just to confirm the information that they've actually provided to the negotiators when they book the valuation call in. You'll find in lots of times that, you know, a vendor's motivation on the valuation form will actually be different when you get to the property. And it's things like divorces, you know, nobody's happy when they get divorced or when there's a death in the family or anything like that. So sometimes people do tell a little bit of a white lie when they fill the valuation form in. But you'll tend to find that the truth comes out when we attend the appointment. And, you know, I understand why that is. And, you know, I completely sympathize. Um, so it's good because, again, if it's a deceased estate or it's a marital split in Mr's living elsewhere or Mrs is living elsewhere and there's a need to get this property sold or there's a risk of repossession on the property. That's probably the most common one that people don't tell me whether they're in financial difficulty. We need to know how quick you want us to work and how quick you need the property sold because it's not just about price when you're selling a property. It's about the time scale that the property sold. It's no good if someone's going to get repossessed in six weeks or setting out a marketing plan to market the property for three to six months because you're going to lose the property. So, you know, it is important if you book a valuation and to be honest with the agent and to tell them your actual motivation for selling. So once I've confirmed the information in the valuation form, I'm probably going to have a walk around the house. I'm going to do some measurements in each room. I'm going to make a list of what's present in each room also. And it's just ticking boxes off in my head as to what kind of, benefits the property has, what features, what fittings, etc. And it's also going to form the basis for when I type my details up to market the property on the property polls. So we've done some measurements, we've had a walk around, we've done some details. Um, but then I'm probably going to sit down, check the EPC, register and see if the property's had an EPC in recent years. If it has, sometimes that means the property's already been on the market. So, again, it just opens up another line of questions with the vendor. You know, I see you've got an EPC. Was your property on the market previously? How much were you looking for back then? 
why didn't you sell? So again, it's just about letting us understand the full wide picture so that we can give the best advice possible. So we're then going to sit down as, as we're talking. So we've looked around the property. We've already done my research before we came out. We've got the sole comparables. We've established the vendor's motivation is the same as what's on the valuation form. So now we're going to get down to the nitty gritty and we're going to talk through the comparable properties that have sold that are in a similar price band where we think this property is. Now, I know a lot of agents, you know, there, there tends to be three or four different ways that estate agents work. So one of them is there's always an agent in your in an area which purposely overvalue property. And they do that because if you get three estate agents out and one values it at 80, one values it at 85, one values it at 90, a lot of people will just go for the highest valuation because money's the whole reason we're selling and it's to get the best price possible. So, you know, what people don't understand is you're typically tied in with an estate agent for an average 12 to 26, 12 to 26 weeks. So once you put your house on the market, if that advice has been incorrect from the agent, you put your house in the hands of an agent who didn't give you the correct advice. Now, from the other side of the coin, you'll also get the agent that values it very, very cheap because they've got a buyer in mind. They're on their database and they want to get the property sold very quickly. Now, for me, it's not about giving a specific price down to the pound. I think what my job is, is to give a range of prices that the property could find itself selling for because ultimately it's time versus money. If you're going to get the property sold within 24 hours of it going to market, you can almost bet your bottom dollar that it's going to sell over asking price because it's been priced correctly. It's had so many viewings and so much interest that that drives the price up. It's all about supply and demand. Clearly, the property's in demand. Now, if that area that you have a property is oversupplied and you find your property's on the market for six months, you're probably going to find it's going to sell for 5 to 10% less than the asking price in my area. So again, it's about us explaining to the vendor that your property could sell between 80,000 and 90,000, depending on the speed with which you need a sale. Now, whether the vendor can then sell for those prices is a complete different matter. But my job is to cut the bullshit, and I'm saying that because there's too many agents out there don't do that, and to give you an actual idea of where your property's going to sell and not tell you what you want to hear, which so many agents do. So I'm going to tell you, you know, best case scenario is yourself a 90 within a week. Worst case scenario, you're going to be on the market for six months and it might go for 80. But my honest opinion is probably somewhere around about 85 to 89,000, something like that. Um, so, again, I think vendors appreciate that as well. If you're honest on the price that you think, and there's so many times that we've lost evaluation to another agent that probably has gone on the market with a competitor. And more times than not, it's to the competitor who massively overpriced the properties. In the comeback, three months later, with a tail between the legs, in, I think you might have been right on the valuation. I think they might have been a bit too optimistic. So, you know, you can only sell the property for what it's worth and what a buyer's willing to pay. So it doesn't matter if an agent gives you a pie-in-the-sky price. And when I've actually found people put the house on with the agent who do value it the highest, they actually come back and say it wasn't three months' time when they put it on with us. You know what it is? I had a feeling that was too high. So trust your gut. If you think the price is pie in the sky and you know you're not going to get it, then don't put your house on the price on the market for that. You're not going to sell for any less than what it's worth. You cannot price a property too cheap. 
Because as long as you market the property for a period of 7, 14, 28 days, even if you put it on for offers over 80,000 as opposed to on the market for 90, you're probably going to get more people through the door, more competition between buyers, and that in itself is going to drive the price up. And you will get the same result by putting your property in the market for offers over 80 as putting the property in the market for 90,000. More or less exact same result. So it doesn't matter. You're just going to speed up the time it takes to sell. So we've established the price or where we think the price is going to fall within two price categories. We've probably had a chat around what time scales the vendors require. But what's also important is we need to know what level of security the vendor needs in terms of that sale. And this is where we're going to establish whether the property should be going to auction where the buyer pays a non-refundable deposit or buyer's premium, or whether the vendor's happy for it to go on the normal market. And, you know, heading into times when things like the stamp duty holidays are about to end, you're going to find the rate of sale fall-throughs is probably going to increase. So we need to know whether the vendor's in a position to just remarket the house or whether the sale has to go through first time. Because some people do get a bit of bad luck and lose their buyer. It's just one of those things that happens. So once we've established the price, the time scales, and whether the vendor needs any security, we also need to know if there's any other factors that affect the sale. Is there, for example, going to be an abattoir built around the corner? Is the property likely to fall into a compulsory purchase from the council for redevelopment? Or they build a motorway around the back? So all these things can negatively affect the material value of the property. We do actually need to know. So once we know all that, we're going to sit down and we're going to discuss fees. So the fees, again, will vary depending on how realistic the vendor is. If we think the property's worth 80 to 90,000 and the vendor wants 110, well, you know, we'll be more than happy to market the property and educate the vendor as the property's on the market. But we're going to charge a little bit more probably for selling that property because the vendor's unrealistic. It's going to take a lot of work on our part to sell it and a lot more work with the vendor to get them to a reasonable, a reasonable expectation on price. Now, for example, if the client's prepared to sell it for 80000 and they've listened to our advice and we think that we can sell it very quickly, we have buyers in mind, we'll also offer a discount on that basis because, again, we charge our fees based on the work that's required to secure a buyer. But we also know what we're worth and we know we will try to get the vendor the best price possible. So we're going to go through that. Now, if the vendor's then happy to put the property in the market and to sell by ourselves, we then look to get some photographs of the property. Um, again, or we may arrange for a professional photographer to come round. We're going to arrange the energy performance certificate. We're going to sign a contract um, which gives us either sole or multi-selling rights, um, or it's an auction contract. And we're going to take identification and proof of address uh, for money laundering purposes. And then it's back to the office to take the property up, get it on the market and get it sold. So I hope this has been very useful and I hope it's give you some tips if you're planning on selling your own property in the future. And I hope as an investor, it lets you understand the different prices that vendors can put that property on the market at. And that doesn't actually mean that that's the price they want. It may just be that it's an agent's give them a pie in the sky price. So offer what you feel it's worth and then take it from there. So if there's any other questions, feel free to reach out, but I hope you found this useful. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Property Talk on the Tyne. Investment tips, stories, and exciting guests with your host, Tony Fares.